Hey Adultish Fam! You ever come across a lyric or a beat in a song that makes you super appreciate it and hear it in a new awesome way? Then you gotta check out Switched on Pop from the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's one of my personal favorite shows, and it's about the making and meaning of pop music. Every week, musicologist Nate Sloan and songwriter Charlie Harding break down the pop hits to show how the music works and why it really matters. From the murder ballad of Joe Exotic to the fierce vocals of Doja Cat, the hosts pull back the curtain on music production to reveal the theories and techniques that keep these songs popping. So be sure to subscribe and listen to Switched on Pop wherever you get your podcasts. And don't blame us if you get those songs stuck in your head because they got me with that Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now. (laughs) Oh, that was pretty good, actually. Thanks. For me, when I listen to any type of news, I want to hear it from people who really understand the experiences of those that they speak or write about. That's what we try to do on Adultish. So that's why I'm so excited about a new show called A Better Life. It's a podcast about immigrants and how they're being affected by COVID-19. At A Better Life, the host and virtually all the reporters are immigrants or the children of immigrants, like ya girl. You'll also hear from immigrant elders like grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, to hear how they're coping during the pandemic and what they've learned over the years that can help the rest of us survive today's challenges. A Better Life introduces you to people and places that you may have never encountered any other way. It's the kind of stories that you want to hear nowadays. So listen wherever you get your podcasts. Initiate time warp sequence. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Nige. Wait, why do I sound so weird? I'm not sure what you mean by sounding weird. You sound just fine to me. Oh well, let's get this thing poppin'. Welcome to Cough Cough. <coughs> Welcome to Adultish, a show produced by YR Media, where we figure out all your adult sh- with you. I'm Nige. And I'm Cough Cough. <coughs> Merk Nguyen! Clearly the machines are in control, so this episode is appropriately titled Robots Taking Over This Ish. And when we say robots, we're not just talking about, you know, R2-D2 from Star Wars or those robo-vacuums that do the cleaning for you. No, we're talking about AI as in the simulation of human intelligence in machines. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is cool or whatever, but it can't do, like, podcast intros and stuff like that. Like, this is me and your eardrums right now. This is that real (laughs) tangible stuff right here but you know i couldn't even get my dude to even say nige like correctly like first it said nige then it said <laughs> nig oh. <laughs> then it said the n-word so oh. i don't know what to do that's that's really bad um you know machine learning isn't perfect yet so i would suggest going easy on the robo dude i mean i guess so but like i don't know i guess they're still like fine tuning that uh racism dial <laughs> but you gotta walk before you run right Yeah, I mean, we've already been using AI all the time, whether we know it or not. It's technology like that that makes stuff like Siri and self-driving cars possible. And even though some of it is racist AF, apparently, some of it is actually pretty cool. But what about machines taking over actual human jobs and privacy issues? And also, I read that facial recognition sucks for black, brown and gender queer people. And some police departments are using it for profiling. Ooh, that explains a lot of systematic 
systematic problems we have. Yeah, and what the heck are these AI robots even learning from us? And what are they going to do with all the information that they learn? I don't know. Again, though, that's why robots are taking over this ish. Okay, so clearly there are downsides to this, too, as you can tell, because Nige is starting to sound scared. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, it is right. <laughs> so we're going to get into all that today by exploring pros and deeply rooted cons we have about interacting with this kind of technology as young adults. So Nige and I are going to get into the depths of Uncanny Valley, where we'll try to tell the difference between voices and poems written by humans and machines. But first, turn off all your cell phones, everybody. Unless that's how you're listening to the show. Yeah, if that's how you're listening to the show, keep it on, but put it on Do Not Disturb or something, uh, <laughs> because we're about to dive into cell phone tracking your loved ones. Do it or not. Nah. Hold your thoughts. Let's get into it. Danger. So for me, growing up in the 2000s, tracking people was like only in movies like Born Ultimatum. But now the everyday person like your mom, your lover, your ex-lover, or even your enemies can find a way to track you with apps like Find My or Life360. Some of these apps, I think, can even like enable the tracker to get CIA level data on the person that they're tracking. Like stuff like how fast the person is going in a car, or even if it's something like simple like... Are they charging their phone or not? It's crazy. So we're here to talk all about this and the emotional implications and privacy risks that this technology has. So we've gathered some guests to share their experiences with this invasive or perhaps life-saving technology to break all this down. First off, we have two journalists from YR Media, Teo Tezdron, a senior at Berkeley High School. Hey, Teo. Hi. And Valeria Araujo, who's a senior at, I like that high, San Leandro High School. Hi, Valeria. Hello. Also joining us is Alexis Madrigal, a staff writer at The Atlantic. I want to know, how goes it, Alexis? Hey, it's going good. All right. So who here is guilty of tracking someone else's location? Don't be shy because I track my boyfriend like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, a hawk. Sheesh. Yes, like a hawk. Anyone can jump in. Who is it and why do you track them? I've never actually, I, this is Alexis, I've never actually tracked somebody else, but I've tracked myself um, for stories and mm -hmm. other things, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you've never tracked anybody else. I've never, you know, the thought has literally never even occurred to me. Like, mm -hmm. I know it's possible, theoretically, <laughs> but I've never been like, hmm, maybe I should track, you know, I like got I little feel... <laughs> kids, so, you know, my kids are like four and six, they yeah. don't have phones yet, except mm -hmm. when they steal mine, you know, <laughs> but they, they don't, you know, there's, I, and I, I could never track my wife, I just, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I'm 37, it would feel weird, it would feel invasive. Hmm, huh. okay. I only track my mom because she tracks me back, so we have each other's location. So sometimes uh -huh. I'll check up on her, but that's just because she has it on me first. Hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't so really a, care besides a, that. A retaliation track. <laughs> Do you have, have you ever found her like in a place where you didn't expect her to be? No, I would just I would say maybe she's like at a store when she said she was at work, or like she just didn't <laughs> let me know or something. Ooh, but she's yeah. lying. Oh, have you ever uh, tracked anybody? My girlfriend does share her location with me sometimes, but uh -huh. just, like, for convenience. Sort of like, I don't know, if I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm free right now. I wonder if she has time to meet. Oh, she's just hanging out at her dorm. Okay, we can go meet. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of, like, similar. Like, I just have it on, uh, like, on Snapchat, like, with my girlfriend. But, I mean, it's, like... 
it wasn't even like a big conversation. She just brought it up one day. She was like, oh, yeah, we can like track each other on Snapchat. And then it just happened. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do this. You know, it's just one of these things where like the possibility of tracking makes it seem like if you didn't want to be tracked, you were doing something shady. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? But that was never even a possibility before. But now what if you'd been like, no, 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 I, I don't know if I want to do that. What do yeah. you think she would have said? I have no idea. But, like, with Snapchat, it does, like, allow me. So if I don't log on to Snapchat, she can't see where I'm at at the time. So if I ever want or she wants to do anything, like, like a surprise for each other, yada, 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 like, you know, we just, like, don't log in real quick, <laughs> do it, and then, and then log back in. But we both know that we can do that at all times. I want to hear what it's like tracking your boyfriend like a hawk. <laughs> I mean, we share our locations indefinitely on iPhone. For us, the the stalking each other, because it's consensual, it's endearing. But mm. I can see why you wouldn't with your spouse. But for me, I we're all about that. It's not like we're always like, what what's he doing? <laughs> refresh, refresh, refresh. But it's, I guess, comforting. Wait, like how, how common is this among people like, say, under the age of 25? It's very common. I feel like all my friends look at me and think, how are you in a healthy relationship without tracking him? How do you trust him? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a healthy relationship because I don't need <laughs> to track him. <laughs> Not- like, let's go to the definition of trust. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel like I feel like if you need to track somebody, then that's where it like takes that turn from it being healthy or not. Mm. So when have y'all felt like your privacy was violated by someone tracking you? Um, I think when my mom, like simply just coming to YR, she'll mm. see me like detour to like Tierra Mia, the coffee place. Yeah. And she'll be like, whoa, 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 where are you going? You said you were going to work. And I'm like, <laughs> I need some coffee in my system before I go to work. And it's just that little comment she had to make. It annoys me. It makes me anxious mm. that I need to tell her every single thing. So, Valeria, you told us before this roundtable that your mom uses Life360 that tracks stuff like how fast you're going in a car. And that's just the free version of the app. So let's hear what else you asked her about. What would I need to do to get you to stop using the tracking app? Not live in my house. So once I'm accepted to college and living wherever I'm going to live, that's when it stops? Nope, because I bet you're still going to call home for money. All right. Um, why was it helpful to you as a parent? It eases my mind. I think it's more in the fact that I would use it if you're not answering me. What if I eased your mind and just deleted the app and told you it's for your own good? No. (laughs) (laughs) She talks like that in front of everyone. I think she really stumps me because I get to the point where I don't know what to say, but I know this isn't a normal parent thing. It shouldn't be because Mm. that wasn't a thing when she was a teenager. So why is it normalized now? Mm. I mean, I'm not I don't know the statistics of crime or anything, but I think she thinks something's going to happen to me. But I feel like her generation, she's like 38. I feel like when she was a teenager, it was Kind of worse. Oh, definitely. Crime way down, for sure. You know, I mean, my parents had a different way of doing it. I mean, I'm like basically your mom's age. They they gave me a pager, <laughs> um, which maybe you've seen in the movies of yore. Um, and it was like <laughs> this little blue thing. Um, and they would call, they, they would just like page me with like a little message that was like, call home. Uh-huh. And then they actually, they had a company, so they had an 800 number. So they were like, anytime we page you, we need you to call us within like 10 minutes. <gasps> 
no matter where you are. Wow. Because there were like there were pay phones on the street back then, so no matter where you were, you could get to a phone. Yeah. Um, and that's how they they basically kept tabs on me in that way. Although it's pretty different because you could be like, yeah, I'm calling you from X, when really you were calling from Y. I had like a similar kind of situation like yeah my parents didn't track me because like they were just not tech savvy enough or whatever but like one time I got like real life tracked I was at the skate park with some of my friends and we were like skating down the street like leaving the skate park and I saw my dad's car like a block away (laughs) behind us and I just didn't say anything to any of my friends but I was like yo like when I got home I was like yo were you following us like at the skate park and he was like yeah like is there a problem with it <laughs> I mean, I guess no, but, but like you real life track, like, but I didn't want to say anything to my homies because, like, yeah. they'd be like, yo, what's your dad doing? <laughs> I got like real life track though. So, Teo, you asked your mom about a time that she was glad that she could track you. Let's hear how that went. And you weren't home. We had no idea where you were. And so we were worried. I think it's useful then. It doesn't work very well. But you do get the general idea that you're in the, you know, in the neighborhood. So to clarify, if you didn't have the tracking app, I could be anywhere on the face of this earth. But thanks to the tracking app, you knew that I was what in Berkeley? Exactly. So you had an irrational fear that I had taken a flight or something to Australia and you needed a tracking app to clarify that you were I was in fact here in the Bay Area and people live together then they just feel better if they know where each other are more or less I felt the same way about my roommates when I had roommates so Teo it sounds like you were trying to push back at what your mom said right yeah I I bought heads with my parents a lot I'm a big talk backer I know that's like that's supposed to be bad. You're not supposed to talk back to your parents. I always talk back <laughs> to my parents. Like, no shame. Um, personally, my method of coping has definitely been just leaving my phone at home. Huh. Because I know it's it's a trade-off, but I figure if I'm going to go meet with someone, a friend or whatever, then I shouldn't be on my phone then anyways. Uh, so I'll make a clear plan with them. Okay, we're going to meet here at this time. And, and they, then they can't say anything because I can say, oh, I left my phone at home. It was charging. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, maybe I'll take it with me and it's, it, it died. And, and sometimes it does and it works out. So I, I've been willing to make that trade-off. So how often do you get notifications from your phone that your parents are checking on you? I think I've gotten like, off t- something like six texts over the past six months um, from AT&T Secure My Family. It always says, some family number member with this phone number may be tracking you. May be tracking you. We don't know. But Wait, they that eventually admitted to it. Yeah. How does that work? That like AT&T will just tell you that? I guess they, they have to tell me. It's probably a legal thing. I don't know. But the funny thing is I don't think they have a responsibility as much to make sure that my location data doesn't get into the wrong hands. And that's something I worry about a lot. Hmm. So do you like leave your phone at home or something like that if you go to parties or something? I don't go to a lot of parties anymore. You uh, know, I'm kind of all partied out. Um, yeah. but <laughs> all partied out? <laughs> Kids these days, man. Kids these days. Last, last year was a wild Last year was a wild year. 17. <laughs> right? That's all like 17? Party Get out. ready to settle down, get a dog, <laughs> right? do some gardening. Exactly. <laughs> I, on the one hand, I get sort of what you said, Valeria, about how like, well, this way she texts me less. It's less annoying. That, I, I get that. But where it's been most annoying to me is when I tell them, hey, 
I met a sleepover at so-and-so's house. And they say, no, you're not. You're in Oakland. And I say, <laughs> okay, the tracking app is wrong. And they're like, we don't believe you. And then my friend calls us. So he's right here <laughs> with me at my house. You want to talk to my parents? <laughs> Wait, so was there ever an instance where either of your parents freaked out for no reason other than that time where it's like, I actually wasn't where the app said I was? They freaked out again later that same night um, because I. they said, wait, where are you now? And I'm like, we went to Safeway to buy oatmeal because we were hungry. Oatmeal? <laughs> oatmeal. Got to eat my kashi. <laughs> really? <laughs> Got to get the kashi. No, it was like that carcinogenic uh, Quaker Oats stuff. Um, but we were hungry. Like, what are you going to do? And that stuff is really cheap. It's like my friend, my friend had this like Safeway member card. It was like $2 for like all this oatmeal. But anyways, yeah, my parents, again, said, no, it shows you at this random location in Oakland. Alexis, as our resident young at heart guest, uh, do you have any thoughts on any of that or any questions for us? Well, what's interesting is, like, I actually do sympathize with the parents. Like, I mean, I because I do have little kids. Um, for me, I know, I know. I'm booing myself. I'm booing myself. But it's, it's hard because you do. You can imagine wanting to just kind of know they're safe basically. Um, So I feel it. I understand it. But I also, because I've been reporting on this stuff for so long and because I didn't grow up with it, um, I I find it really hard to imagine wanting to track them. You know, Mm. I don't know. Give me 10 years. I'll probably change my (laughs) mind. (laughs) My thing is I get the safety part, but I don't think my mom only does it for safety. I think she really does want to control where I'm at because if she knows I'm with my friends, like Tails experience. I've gone to sleepovers. Oh, where are you at Target? Oh, I see you've been at Target for thirty minutes. It's Target. We wanna we wanna browse. Um, but if I get kidnapped, they are going to turn off my phone, and you can't do anything about it. So I don't know what you think that tracking device is gonna do. And Tail, what about you? So my thing is, I think you ought to know what kind of teenager I am. So I've been to a few parties, I've thrown a few parties, but on all accounts, I asked my parents for permission. So I'm I'm the kind of teenager right. who's like about to leave at 11 p.m. Oh, hey guys, I'm going to a party. See you in the morning. <laughs> like you know, not 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 like you know, try to sneak out. You know. So I feel that given that, I would be like the least likely candidate for making parents so worried that they feel the need to track me, which just goes to show that I think a lot of it is irrational. Mm. Mm. You're making hand signs over here, Valeria. You feel the same way? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I don't cut class. I've never cut class. My grades are good. Um, I've never been caught somewhere where I'm not supposed to be. I just think it takes away a little bit of my teenage experience. I'm starting to like realize I'm running out of years. What have I done as a I'm teenager? I'm running out of years. <laughs> what have I done? That's <laughs> 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 as a teenager. <laughs> I haven't done anything that really shows that I've fulfilled my made bad decisions. Years. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. That's I haven't. A good thing. I just, I just want one thing. Prom? Maybe? What? That, like one night, maybe. That's like, wow, they'll never know about this. But I'll, I'll never have that. So, Alexis, you wrote a piece for the Atlantic where you found out that not 100, but 105 companies were tracking you online. I mean, what do companies like that do with all this data on people like Teo and Valeria anyway? Oh, man. Every every kind of thing. I mean, location data is one of the most valuable kinds of data because you know 
think about what it gives you. It gives you where you shop. It gives you where you go to school or where you go to work. Um, they know if you've got a car because they can tell how fast you're moving or a bike. They know if you primarily walk places. They know, you know, one thing that happens all the time, people think their phones are listening to them. But really what is, is that, you know, one of your friends buys something new. You guys get together. Your locations are together. Those records can be associated. And then you go home and your friend who just bought like Air Force Ones, now you get Air Force <laughs> One ad because they've been, tag- you've been tagged as part of that like social network. And then, of course, all these companies try to predict based on all that data, what ad it is that you want to see. I mean, what's really crazy about all this is like almost all of it, all this tracking exists solely. So you'd be like 0.01% more likely to click on an ad than not (laughs) click on an ad. Like the whole thing, this whole apparatus is just like built on like that one principle because you multiply that by like hundreds of millions of people and it's like millions of dollars a second, you know, for the the difference um, if you can just make the ads like a tiny bit more effective. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, last question. On a scale of zero uh, to 100, how likely will you use this kind of technology to track your children in the future, assuming that you have it? 50, because if they have broken my trust, if they, if I caught them at a party and they really didn't tell me, I want to be a cool parent. I want to be able for them to communicate with me, but I'll never know how I'll be as a parent until I have a child. Mm-hmm. But if they break my trust, for sure, you're getting tracked. Mm. You're getting tracked. It's a new grounding. <laughs> you're being tracked. <laughs> yeah, you're being tracked. <laughs> Teo. I would say damn near 100, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> what? But, but, but. You 100? You gave all the... <laughs> because I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking I can justify it, because the deal is I was especially mad with my parents because I got that first text saying, like, oh, someone with this phone number is tracking you via AT&T family before they told me they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it would be like I would tell them from the get-go. Like I wouldn't try and be sus about it or anything. And <laughs> also, I don't think I would make a big deal out of it, if, of it if they said like, oh, I'm here, but then the location said they were somewhere else. I would mm-hmm. try to be less confrontational and be more like, lol, this location thing must be tripping then. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw a little bit out there like, I know what y'all doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been there. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about it pretty hard over here. I, I'm going to split it for my kids. For my older one, I think it's probably low. And for my younger one, I think it's probably high. So let's say, let's say for my older one, 30%. For my younger one, 70%. Huh. Why is that? Is that a gender thing? No, my my older one is just extremely responsible and cannot lie. Like, just cannot. And, it's just, <laughs> and, and my younger one's already kind of shady. <laughs> Be sure to track Alexis like a hawk at AlexisMadrigal.com and follow his socials at AlexisMadrigal. Hey, Merck. Yes, Nige? What kind of rules have you broken growing up? Me breaking rules? You know I'm an angel. I don't break rules. That's nonsense. That's 100% <laughs> cap. But, okay, so in sixth grade, I threw a banana at my crush at lunchtime. <laughs> and For what? Um, Because I, I, I liked him, and I guess that's how I showed my attraction. 
to this person. Mm, how how romantic. Very romantic. <laughs> then I got in trouble by my teacher. Then I started crying, and then the teacher started crying. So <laughs> I cried my way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I can't blame you because I've cried my way out of、uh, a fair enough situation. So I see it. It's a it's a valid excuse. What about you though? What kind of rules have you broken? Um. So basically, I got mad that this girl got me in trouble. She like made a little snarky remark, and I locked her in the closet for all of recess in the sixth grade. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I got、oh. I got detention for a very long time because of that. Wow. <laughs> well, if y'all think that's fun, our friends at the Mortified Podcast are making a new series that's all about the moments people broke the rules growing up and what those moments can teach us. And the best part is called. Ooh, you're, you're in, in trouble. trouble, and you can be on it if you're under 25 and have a story about stirring up mischief back in the day. Whether that's something sus like cheating on a test, or <laughs> something courageous like breaking dress code in the name of justice, pitch a story at getmortified.com/trouble. That's getmortified.com/trouble. Help make some trouble—the good kind of trouble. Favorite sci-fi movies? Go. My favorite sci-fi movie would have to be,、uh, so like a little bit about me. You know, I'm a, I'm a Will Smith head. So、uh-huh. like anything Will Smith, I'm gonna go with it for sure. Like even Bright that was on Netflix or whatever. The like weird one. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with that. I loved it because it was Will. <laughs>、uh, so I'm gonna go with I Robot, Will Smith classic. I Robot. Yeah, favorite、okay. sci-fi movie ever. I haven't seen that one. I I saw Gemini Man though,、uh-huh. and that was cool because it was his CGI younger clone self. Which was also super creepy and gave me goosebumps, and I'm like, oh, that's his face, but not his face. And you know, there is a term for that feeling. It's called uncanny valley. Nige, you want to guess why it's called that? Yeah, no. So okay, so basically, you go into a valley、uh, and you grab a can of soda, whatever your favorite soda is, and you get some scissors and you cut it in half, and then、uh, it's an uncanny. <laughs> Like an uncanny valley. And,、uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> for real though, actually, to help us with that definition, we have Marjorie Massacat, an interactive designer at YR and poet who teaches young people here at YR about AI and user experience. So, Marge,、uh, we just talked about what we think uncanny valley is. Are we missing anything? Um, so the term comes from a Japanese roboticist, Masahiro Mori. In 1970, he was sort of testing、um, people's reactions towards non-human entities,、mm-hmm. especially like the industrial robot, a toy robot, prosthetic hand, and he sort of saw in his research that as you're going up in this graph. The likeness towards like a toy robot is much more positive,、mm-hmm. and then obviously the likeness of a real human is one hundred percent. You'll like a real human, you know it's a person. But what he noticed is that there's a giant dip in terms of a negative reaction whenever people were presented with things that looked like humans but were not humans at all, and so that's where the phrase "uncanny valley" comes from, where that、oh. dip is. So it's a straight up valley. Yes, definitely、oh. a valley, and sort of how people react to all of it. Oh my god! Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> so like when I see like the little food robot like crash into the tree, like that doesn't scare me. But like once they're like walking around, like yo, is this your food? Like, yeah. Like,、ah. yeah. 
and it has like legs and arms yeah. and it's like hello good evening so what are we about what did we sign up for <laughs> what are we about to do I'm already feeling yeah. like Candy Valley yeah totally well I will actually be presenting some scenarios that you might encounter in this in your lifetime or that even your children or your grandchildren can encounter when they become adults mm. um, and these scenarios are sort of based and inspired from real things that are happening in tech right now. Um, you'll be presented with some audio. I've got some photos and you guys will actually be also reading out some things with me. And yeah, we're just going to try and discuss our reactions, your reactions and like how you feel about all of these things at once. Oh, I feel tense already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be cool. Like none of this is, none of this is freaking me out oh, so far. Oh, just wait until you hear them though. All right, let's get it. I think I'm all right. <laughs> all right. All right, Nige, in the middle of the week, you have your assistant make dinner reservations for you and your podcast co-host, Merck. Wait, why do you get an assistant? I don't know. <laughs> Fancy. Standard stuff, right? Well, what if your assistant isn't an actual person and the restaurant staffer has no idea she's talking to an AI? Okay. Well, we've got some audio from the Google AI blog where this has been produced. Yeah, I don't see how they would not know it was an AI. Oh, wait until you hear it, though. All right. How may I hear you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. Four people? When? Um, Today? Next Night? Wednesday at 6 p.m. Oh, actually, we leave here for like opera, like five people. For four people, you can come. How long is the wait usually to uh, be seated? For. When tomorrow or weekday or? For next Wednesday, uh, the seventh. Oh no, it's not too busy. You 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 can come for four people, okay? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye. Oh my god. Yeah, sounds just like Samuel. <laughs> you know what? My heart is beating so hard right now. Wait, did y'all do that like on purpose? That was Samuel. No, that Why was. Why'd y'all have Samuel record something? <laughs> it didn't sound exactly like him. That is. That was Samuel. Wait, what so you you're telling us that's not that's not a human. Voice. That's not a real person. But he even says "us" and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I I feel. Oh my. And I was kind of saucy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like that. (laughs) Well, obviously, you're reacting very viscerally to this. Do you think the added efficiency to, like, do all of this is worth it? Do you think it's worth it to have an assistant that isn't real to make calls for you? I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, I I wasn't creeped out by it. I thought thought that was kind of cool. I want that assistant, like, ASAP. Just to think that there's machine learning that studies the us of speech patterns that's wild yeah we call that natural language processing nlp 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 there's an acronym for that yeah it is um that actually kind of leads up to my next scenario let's say you are on a website you had just bought a pair of these glasses Mm. um but they never came in the mail so you log on to the website you click on the cute let's chat button on the site sort of like on the side somewhere Mm Um, and you are hoping for a refund because, yeah, it never came into the mail. Um, and you've heard that the so-called customer service representatives are actually chatbots who read off of the script. But you've also learned that if you cause a ruckus, you'll kind of be sent to a real person who can actually help solve your problem. Oh, and so when you are, like, typing away, you just kind of cause a ruckus because you're just like, ugh, I want to talk to a real person. 
And so you're kind of cursing out the system, you're cursing out the machine, and you are sent to a different company representative. Uh, together, you start cursing. Uh, we are cursing together. <laughs> we start, both start <laughs> cursing. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anger settings. Let me start that sentence over again. Together, the two of you kind of get to the bottom of the problem right away, and you're even comforted with a few jokes here and there. Mm. Um, And you're just like, whoa, what a pleasant experience. And what you don't realize, though, is that the service only routed you to a more advanced AI. So you were talking to a chatbot the entire time, just you started off with sort of like a dumber one, quote unquote, (laughs) and then you were transferred over to a smarter one that even made jokes with you. Smarter child. They do have laughter (laughs) sounds. Yeah, so do you think that's repulsive? Do you think that's okay? I think no. you can't be lying to people. No, yeah. Like, that's why not would you cool. Lie? If I say I want to talk to a real person and you just like upgrade me to a smarter <laughs> AI, I'm like, hey, I said a real person. You can't be lying. Yeah, because then that makes it feel like you're a dumb human. And I don't think people like to feel dumb. That's fair. There are multiple intelligent chatbots out there made by Google. Um, we actually have the transcript for one of the jokes that they made. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Merck, do you want to be the human in this scenario? Yes, I will be the human. I'll start off. Okay. Which animal do you like? I like cows. I heard they go to college. Cows go to college? I heard that a cow went to Harvard. What did the cow study? Bovine science. Uh, do horses go to college? Horses go to Havard. Okay. Uh, they got to keep working on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they... they <laughs> I don't know, Havard. Google. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm slowly getting it. I don't know, it. Google. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> me knowing myself, yeah. I appreciate good customer service, and especially if there's humor to it. Mm-hmm. But if I had found out with this guy that it wasn't real, first of all, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take that joke. But second of all... Again, I'm just feeling betrayed. Yeah. Merck would like that joke. I would be pissed. If I was like trying to like work something out or whatever, I heard they go to hate bro. <laughs> Look. <laughs> like this isn't the time for yeah. jokes. I am trying yeah. to get my refund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you finna get cussed out too. I think this is this is the crazy thing. Mina, the chatbot that Google had created, came up with this joke on her own. No extra human work, it's just the bot. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Does that freak you out? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm not really freaked out by it because the joke wasn't that funny. But I guess what what I'm just worried about is, like, I don't want it to, like, background search me and stuff like that. And then, like, in the middle of the combo, ask me, like, if I heard that new J. Cole. Like, yeah, nah, don't do that. (laughs) You're like, how the hell did it know this about me? I know. Like, yeah, yeah, nah. Uh -uh. I'm still a yes on this. But if I found out this was fake, I would be very sad. Same, to be honest. Mm. But, you know, speaking of fake things and robots, I do have another scenario for y'all. Nige, I hear you love poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say your co-host, Merck, invites you to a local open mic and poetry slam event that she found through Instagram. You're <laughs> Sounds real? Very, Sounds very real? murky. Yeah, yeah that's murky. me. Very murky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, while at the event, there's one poem you really, really liked. You talk to the poet at the end of the night who confesses he actually didn't write the poem. Mm. It was actually a bot who wrote it. (laughs) A fraud! (laughs) So I've actually got two poems for y'all to read, and I want you to guess if it was written by a bot or a human. Merck, can you read the first poem? Oh, yes. Let's do this. A home transformed by the lightning, the balanced alcove smother, this insatiable earth of a planet, comma, earth, period. 
They attacked it with mechanical horns because they love you. Love in fire and wind. You say, what is the time waiting for in its spring? I tell you, it is waiting for your branch that flows because you are a sweet-smelling diamond architecture that does not know why it grows. Nyesh, can you read poem number two? Uh, All right. Say when rain cannot make you more wet or a certain thought cannot can't deepen and yet you think it again you have lost count a larger amount is no longer a larger amount there has been a collapse perhaps in the night like a rupture in water which can't rupture of course all your horses broken out with all your horses (laughs) i don't really know what they was talking about but it seemed a little nasty I mean, when you said wet, I couldn't think yeah. of it. Yeah, like laughing can, and go, giggling to herself. I don't know. I think I think that was a human. I I'm gonna disagree and say I think that's a robot because it just seems like words bunched together. I'm sure there's meaning in it, but whatever. I think it was trying too hard. No, but I I think Nige. Nigel's poem is a dirty robot. <laughs> I would like to hang out with this robot. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. That robot got to chill. Oh, yeah. Turn that yeah, setting. Yeah. Little, gotta, turn that setting down, bro. Maybe turn itself off. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I see what you did there. I can turn it off, so that way I can turn it back on. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Mark. <laughs> all right. Um, poem number one was written by a robot. Mm, no. See? Okay. I want that yeah. dirty robot. I, I, I know it. <laughs> poem number two is written by a human. Her name is Kay Ryan. The title of the poem is All Your Horses. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, but funny fact about poem number one, it's a poem that was actually generated from an algorithm devised by a Duke University undergrad student in 2010. His name is Zachary School. And it was actually accepted by Duke Literary Press without editors knowing a bot wrote it. So it's been published. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So he lied to the institution. Um, Perhaps a white lie. Maybe he submitted it as like a joke, not thinking it would actually be accepted. And then to his surprise, it was published, I think, several weeks later. Mm. Yeah. And then several years later, he revealed that it wasn't a real poem by a real person. Not a robot had bars, low-key. Dang. No, I'm, I'm disappointed. So this actually goes into our next scenario. Um, it comes from Vogue magazine. Billie Eilish, you've heard the name and listened to a couple of songs on the radio, but still can't figure out why she's so popular. So you're just like, hey, maybe I should tune in and listen to a few interviews. She's a robot? No. <laughs> let's, let's wait until the scenario is over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you tune into a few interviews of Billie Eilish, and all of the questions feel the same until you sort of arrive at her latest interview with Vogue. Um, and it's titled, Billie Eilish Gets Interviewed by a Robot. And we have a shortened clip from that interview. I think it was about 11 minutes long. Okay. Yeah, can we cue that up? Billie Eilish. <laughs> Eilish. Okay. Eilish. I have examined all 170 million search results for Billie Eilish. And I have created questions based on these results. I'm ready. I'd like to start by saying how much I love your music as well. Thank you. How does it feel knowing your feelings have garnered this much attention? It's hard to describe a feeling, huh? You really stumped me. It's crazy to be heard. I think so much of um, our, our tortures as human beings is not being heard. 
Do you want to go back to being anonymous? Here's something. No. Have you ever seen the ending? <laughs> what? Have I seen the ending? No, I have not seen the ending. The what ending is he talking about? Um, I'm actually not sure. I'm assuming the ending of the world or like the ending of life. <laughs> That's freaky as heck. <laughs> but obviously, so it's saying it's saying that it it saw it. Uh, I'm not gonna use those pronouns. <laughs> Um, well, obviously in this scenario, no one is trying to pass the robot as human. It sounded very robotic, kind of like on Google Translate. Have you and seen you click that ending? audio button and it's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, does that make this any less repulsive than any scenario that I've sort of said before this? Yeah, does- I, I think so. Not to me. Wait, why not? Because I don't know, like the 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 robot voice doesn't comfort me anymore. Mm-hmm. It almost makes it sound scarier have you seen have you seen the end like what like I'm, yo no <laughs> i don't know just it was that still last, just as weird i mean i think that hearing those little like those little mechanical things mm-hmm. it was comforting to me to know that it was not real yeah hmm. maybe that's why people like fall in love with characters like r2d2 and you know c3po yeah. and all that because it's like they're clearly you know um would you want let's say, like, the news to be told in this sort of robotic voice? Or would you want all interviews to be using this robotic voice? Because you did say it was charming. And, I mean, like, there were some weird moments, but it's just like, do we want to keep hearing this robotic voice because it's, it? you know that it's not real and so you know the answer perhaps is more genuine? No, bring, bring robot Samuel back. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying you want it more human-like? Yeah, I like that because it's easier to understand. Mm. Oh, gosh. Because, like, if you're reading a sentence, don't... Like, bro, don't just say the sentence. I just don't want to experience Uncanny Valley anymore. <laughs> but I feel like the real question is, have you seen the end? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much, Marge, for coming on the show and blowing our whole worlds apart. Yeah, uh, If I don't get any sleep tonight and I have to call in sick tomorrow because I'm so scared, <laughs> uh, you can hit HR for me, right? I'll just send them, I'll send them the script. <laughs> cool, perfect. Well, keep up with all of Marge's work at margecat.com. That's Marge with a J. Thank you for this creepy, but also really enlightening conversation yeah of course it was my pleasure it was really fun writing all of this thanks everyone for listening to robots taking over this ish to sum up all this we have a quote from one of the most famous ai creations and my personal favorite wally take it away wally wally Oh, man, amazing stuff, Wally. (laughs) While we meditate on the knowledge that he just dropped on y'all, shout out to our senior producers, Davey Cop. Producer. I guess maybe there's clones (laughs) of him. We don't know. Senior producer, Davey Kim, one person. Our sound engineer, ah, dang, that's the the (laughs) No, there's multiple of them. Dang it. All right, sound engineers, Carrie Campbell and Gandhi Joe Johnson. Our executive producer, 
Rebecca Martin, and all the young people or peoples at YR for the music and art for this episode. Adultish is a production of YR Media, a national network of young artists and journalists creating content for this generation. Be sure to follow us on all the socials at YR Adultish so that millions of companies can track your clicks and advertise other stuff to you. You can also go to adultishpodcast.com for behind the scenes content and to get your cookies tracked. <laughs> Adultish is also a proud member of Radiotopia by PRX, an independent listener-supported collective of some of the best human-made shows in all of podcasting. Find them all at radiotopia.fm. Until our next episode... Take care, we'll talk to you later. Catch you all on the flip side. Goodbye. Radiotopia. Radiotopia.